Really well. Hey, well, I'll welcome. Thank you guys for being here um, tonight. Um, I'm Paul. Met you. I think most of all of you, and so thank you for, again, being um, coming out this evening. Um, just want to, again, encourage you to be inviting people for um, Easter Sunday and even Good Friday. I, I'm, I'm just talking with some of the point planning and programming team. Good Friday is going to be a pretty powerful um, experience here, and so usually it catches us off guard as we really look fully at what, who Jesus is and what he's done. And so... You can even invite people to that if you like um, for that. Good Friday is a great service. Easter Sunday is going to be kind of a big explosion of hope and, and all that. And so um, we look forward to having you guys and uh, coming and serving and, and helping. Well, this is a year of hope. We've been talking about hope. Um, and we're going to be talking about it a lot this year. Any of you hope the Giants would have a better record um, by now? Yeah, 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 no. Good luck on that one. It's not, it's not going to happen, and no statements from the A's fans around here at all. Hope is, is basically saying no matter what happens, no matter how the Giants do um, or how I do, God's in control of my life, and it's going to be okay. I'll be able to make it through um, this. Everything is going to work out for his plan, and that's, and that's what hope is. Hope is not solution-based, that God, give me the answer. I need the answer. I need the answer. I need... It doesn't work that way. God is with you. It's God's presence-based, and he will be in your life, in your heart, and walk with you no matter what you're going through. Hope is that God's with me, and that's enough. It's enough for us. And we're in a series that we're calling Hope When You Feel Trapped, when you feel trapped with things, and, and, and we want to talk about the hope that we can have in finding a way out of the messes that hit us. When we have those kinds of messes and those things that hit us, we want to find a way um, find out how we can kind of find our way out of those kinds of things. Um, um, we did. We had our work day, our church work day um, today, and um, as we were doing that last song, um, all the earth will sing your praise. What, our hearts will cry. Our what? Bones. Yeah, my bones are not singing right now. My bones are creaking, and aching, and and hurting. From, from, from that, but there's hope, you know, there is hope in all that we do. This, e- this, morning, this evening we're going to talk about how we can find hope um, and a way out, a way out of particularly, and we're going to talk about temptation, so let me, talk, let me pray and then we'll move into that. So, God, thank you for um, tonight, thank you for this time. Lord of the universe, we have sung your praise, now help us to know and learn how to live better for you. Give me the right words in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, temptation. Well, let's talk about that for a second. What is temptation? Um, Jiminy Cricket, that famous theologian, said, um, they're the wrong things that seem right at the time, but even though the right things may seem wrong sometimes, the wrong things may be right at the wrong time, or vice versa, if you can remember watching Pinocchio as a kid. Temptation is basically those things that move us or force us or challenge us to do the wrong things. They tempt us to do wrong. The Bible says this, and this is probably a relatable statement. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Any of you relate to that? Any of you relate to that that statement? Yeah, that's temptation. Great verse in the Bible, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, and let us run 
with endurance the race that God has set before us. And I used to think that it's like I'm a stadium, you know, and, and, and people, I used to think actually that there were people in heaven that were watching every move I make. That's what I was, and, and, and sometimes you think, oh no, you know, if they see me, what's old Uncle Al going to think if I, if I do this, or what's he thinking about me on that? It's not quite like that, but let's look at the last part. It says this, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And if you've read that verse, you're just going to kind of roll around, um, maybe roll off your mind, but there's a seriousness to this that God would have, that there is a race set out before you, and that's the first point. I have, and you and I, we have a race that God wants us to run. There's something that God has for you to achieve in your lifetime. There's some reason that you are here. And your race is different than my race. Your race is different than everybody else's. Mine is different than yours. Yours is different than the person sitting next, next to you. There's something for you to achieve, things to achieve in the course of your lifetime. And running this race of life will challenge you. It will bless you. It will build your faith. It will teach you to trust God. Because you're going to take some hits in running that race. There are going to be some hits that you're going to take from people and from circumstances in life as you run that race. It goes on, it says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. In this race, there are going to be things that are going to slow you down. And that means, number two, there's stuff that's going to trip me up. There will be stuff that will trip us up. (laughs) Pinocchio had his stuff, I have my stuff, you have your stuff. And it's saying that there will be things that nail you, those particular things that you are susceptible to. Um, We would call those things what? Temptations. Those are the temptations. So turn to the person you don't know and share your greatest temptation right now. I'm just kidding. We're not going to have you do that. Um, But in our mind, there is a sin or sins, plural, that easily what? Entangles us, that slows us down. Several hundred years ago, some Christ followers got together and, 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 and they were just talking and they kind of posed the question, if Christ followers, people that follow Jesus, wind up in the ditches of life, in their spiritual life, if they, if they get tangled and they fall over, um, instead of crossing the finish line of the race that God set before them, um, what most likely puts them in the ditch? What are the things that most likely put them in the ditch? And they began to just kind of think through the whole idea of, temptation and sin, and they came up with kind of a top seven list, believe it or not, a top seven list of things that are pretty common to all of us. And they labeled these, and these have been kind of handed down to us as the seven, what? Seven deadly sins, okay? And you might be familiar with with them, the seven deadly sins. And they said, these are seven deadlies, and, and, and most Christ followers struggle with these, or have to work through these, and some of these may be, may be outstanding, you know, stand out worse in your life than, than others. And I'm going to run through them, and, and, and we're going to see if you can um, remember them as I kind of describe them and see if you can guess them. And, and if you have one or two of them trip you up, I'm sure that you do. If you have more than five, call the office and make an appointment um, for me. First, the first one is this. It's, I want to be better than other people. I have to be better than other people. Have you ever felt that? I mean, I want to be better than the people around me. 
I want to know more. I want to be prettier than. I want to be stronger than. I want to be smarter than they are. I just want to show that I'm better. And if I am better, I want to make sure everybody knows it. That's the sin of, anyone know it? It's a sin of pride. It's the sin of pride. C.S. Lewis, um, who was a great theologian and writer, would say that's the great sin. In fact, that's the greatest sin of them all because all the other sins spring forth from this one. It would be the sin of pride. And maybe you're saying, I may not be as good as Joe, but at least I'm better than Fred. That's pride. When we look down on other people and we find ways to put them down. Second one is when you don't work very hard at life or you don't work very hard at school, or you don't work very hard at work, that would be the sin of what? Laziness, okay? Or sometimes called, who uses the word? Sloth. Yeah, the term sloth. What a name, sloth, you know? I think if I hear sloth, I always think of slug, you know, slug and sloth. It's always like, in fact, the Bible uses the term, you know, sluggard, sluggard, and that's where it comes from. Laziness, and you have to understand laziness. I might be able to be a racehorse at work, you know, just just a thoroughbred, but a relational bump, okay? I might put all my energy at work and go home and put zero energy into my relationship with my wife. It's possible for me to be a recreational energizer bunny, you know, I'm buzzing around, all that kind of stuff. But spiritually, I become a couch potato. <laughs> you know, I put no effort and no energy into that. That is the sin of laziness, and it made the top seven list. You know that a lot of marriages sort of drift apart, and they don't drift apart because of anything apart from what? Laziness. We are just not taking the energy and the effort to make it work. Third one, and, 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 and all of us can probably relate to this one. Um, you're late to work, and it's raining, and the guy going over 92 is going really, really slow, you know, and, and you're feeling it. You're feeling it, and you pass by, and you find out the guy is texting or something like that. You have something that's building up in you, and that's called the third sin is what? Anger. Okay, rage. Who said rage? <laughs> it's anger. Okay, anger, which leads to rage, by the way, um, and which um, leads to all kinds of bad feelings. Actually, it's that deep down anger that you would have for somebody. And we wind up, and here's that word, raging at people who didn't wrong us or did a slight wrong to us, but we just hammer them. Next one. Um, she's got it. I don't. He has things all together, and because he has things all together and things are going better than him, um, I hate that. That would be envy and jealousy. Okay? Envy, jealousy. Envy and jealousy. Great sin. In fact, not just a great sin, it's a deadly sin. I wish the worst for the guy better than me. I wish the worst for him. I'm glad when you have problems, hoping that they make you fall, because somehow that's going to build me up again. Okay, the next one, any of us, any of you stressy, any of you stressy, any of you do that? Any of you do that? Okay, we're at church, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's, it's like it's really easy to do that, you know? Um, or eat and drink too much, we don't have to on this one. That's the sin of, it's an old word, what? Gluttony. Gluttony. Okay, that's the sin of gluttony. Right. And gluttony can be food, it can be drink, it can be substances. It's never anything from in and out, by the way. You cannot be gluttonous at in and out. It's never happened. 
And it's not about junk food, and it's not about double-doubles. It has to do with self-control. It's self-control. And, and really, the deeper part of this is it's turning to those things for comfort instead of turning to who? Turn to God. See? You see how that becomes a sin of itself? And then the next one is probably what we think of when we think of temptation. Um, it's looking at what we're not supposed to look at and then letting our brains go nuts and our imagination run wild, and it would be the deadly sin of what? Lust. It would be lust, right. Uh, lust is um, lusting or looking at a person who's made in the image of God, and they have become from the image of God to just simply a body for you. And they exist solely for the purpose of your sexual gratification. And when you're lusting, you really don't care if that person matters to God, and you really don't care if that person has parents or brothers or sisters that love him, and you don't care if their future has anything promising in it. They're just there for you. Do you see how it's so demeaning to another person? And then the last one, the last one is wanting more and more and more and more, even though you have enough. That's what? That's greed. Okay, that's greed, and that rounds out the set. It's just wanting more when you already basically have enough. You've got enough, you just want more. And when you look at all of these, you know, each sin, every sin, everything comes out of those seven. Everything. You know, envy produces gossip and ruined relationship. Lust produces porn and sexual addictions. Gluttony produces substance abuse and alcoholism. Pride, you just become a jerk, you know, and you become isolated because no one wants to be around you. And, and the terrible thing is, you know, I, I kind of joked and said, would you share your worst, the one that you have, you know, around your worst sin. The seeds of these are in all of us. You know, it's just terrible. The seeds of these are in all of us. Now, some might trip you up more than others, but the seeds of each one of these things is in every single one of us. And, and your temptation may not be mine, but they all tie us up. Um, if you push this to an extreme... Every war that's ever been fought, every marriage that's ever dissolved, every argument, fight that's ever happened came out because of these. See that? Everything. It all came because of that. You have to understand also, because of these, someone had to die. And that's Jesus. Had to die for every single one of these. And then the challenge is to say, and, and then you go back to our, 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 our Hebrews verse, the verse we looked at in the book of Hebrews, I want to lay these things aside. How do I lay these things aside? Because I have a pathway, and I don't want to end up in that, in that, in that ditch. I don't want to get tripped up. And, and there's always hope in this. And so, so here you go. Here's how to work through these kinds of things. First of all, know what I'm up against. Know what you're up against. Um, it's not just a little problem you have. Paul, who knew a lot about this stuff in the Bible, said, your struggle is not just against flesh and blood, not just against your own flesh and blood here. It's against the powers of this dark world. It's against spiritual forces of evil. I mean, you see it there? Those temptations that trip us up, laziness even, not working on things, gluttony, they're not just little quirks in our personalities that are going to work themselves out in a couple years. In fact, whatever our problems are now, if they're not worked on, they're just going to get worse. 
Um, in fact, they're probably going to have a greater power unless I'm able to, with the help of Jesus, lay them aside. It's a spiritual thing. It is a spiritual thing that's going on. And again, as we're approaching Easter and we're approaching Good Friday, we will be seeing, and you'll be seeing, the spiritual component behind our lives and what Jesus has done and the goodness and the righteousness that he puts in us. And there's a spiritual component against in, involved in those things that try to trip us up as well. Know what you're up against. It's not just a little habit that people have to live with. According to Paul, it's, it's from hell. Second, stop playing the role of a victim. I can't just keep playing the role of a victim here. The Bible says, remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. Um, you want to say, well, of course I messed up. Anybody would. It's too powerful for me. And besides, I think all the rest of the people in the world don't get, get like 10 temptations and I get 100 in my life. You know, um, That's victim mentality. The Bible says... You're no different than you know, the sin of pride is I'm you know, tempted worse or I have more problems than anybody else. That's the sin of pride, by the way, creeping in here. The verse says you're tempted like everybody else. Get over it. Not anymore, not any less. You're just tempted. Okay, We're all the same here. They're no different than what others experience. We're all in this thing together, all in this pool. Third thing, stand up against it. We have to stand up against it. It says, God is faithful. This is where the verse goes on. God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. Um, Word thing uh, uh, about us, and, and, and we, we have this kind of this weird mentality. And I remember when I was a kid walking on railroad track as a kid when you could still do it legally. You know, you can't do it anymore. But where we grew up, you could be a railroad track not far away. And... Um, um, you, you, you try and keep your balance. And if you've walked on any kind of a beam, you know what it's like. You're, you're walking and you're trying to keep your balance. And you know you're eventually going to what? Fall. So you might as well just what? You might as well just fall. You know? And I've talked to some people in the midst of temptation, struggle with temptation, it's, I know I'm going to end up going ahead and doing it. So I might as well just go ahead and do it. I just might as well go ahead and do it. Um, it's just going to happen that way. I might as well just get it over with and get on that process. Um, I was talking to a young woman, and um, just in the throes of alcoholism, just it just had her. It just gripped her. And as we were talking, I was saying, her attitude is every time she walked into the story is, I know this is too strong for me. I might as well just go ahead and buy the bottle of vodka and get on with it. The Bible is saying here, no, it's not too strong. And sometimes we don't stand up to it because we're not sure what life is like without it. What will life be like without this in my life? And it's a weird thing about us. I don't know what life would be like without this as part of my life. And we're afraid of the unknown, and that's the unknown, and that's a whole new part of life. And what would I do without this? And it's a weird thing, but remember, we are kind of weird people, and we're very complicated and complex. And if you need to understand this a little bit more, talk to anybody that's in AA, and they will help walk you through those kinds of things, the things that they go through, because they have that kind of a thing. And in that sense, we all have, quote, an alcoholic mind for sin. It's just there. And there's a fear there, and there doesn't have to be. 
The next one is find the escape. And this is, this, is, this is where the Bible comes in. It says, but with the temptation, God will provide you the way of escape also so that you'll be able to endure it. You'll be able to make it, make it through. Um, I'm not a gamer. You know, I don't play video games because I can't, okay? They always look fun, but I just can't. And, and I remember my kids, they came home, they're all together for, I think it was last Christmas, and they, and they all were able to link up their phones and do this like this spaceship flying through or this, I, I don't know, but you could link up your phone. And, and the more people link up their phone, the more you have a different part in the, in the pilot seat or in the cockpit or whatever else. And so I said, what are you guys doing? And I said, oh, I've got a phone. Let me do it too. And so they let me do it too. And, you know, and they kept yelling, Dad, stop it. You know, Dad, stop it. You know, because we kept crashing. And, and a couple minutes later, I said, hey, I think I finally got the hang of it. We're not crashing. And finally they said, Dad, we disabled your phone. Because <laughs> so I'm not good with this stuff. I'm just not. I just don't figure it out. And I can't get this down. And I, I, but I do remember when video games first came out, Dinosaur, Pac-Man. Remember Pac-Man? And as you start on the Pac-Man, yeah, we're old. Um, as we're doing on the Pac-Man thing, I always look at it, and there's always a way out, you know, unless it gets, you know, too bad. There's always an escape. If you're smart enough, there's always an escape. There's always an escape. You just have to get there in time. You just have to find it. And if you're good enough, you can do it. And what the Bible is saying is there's always, always a way of escape. Always. Better than Pac-Man. Always. Always. And if you step up against it, when you stand up against it, you'll know that you have the one that's greater in you than the one that's in the world. And the Holy Spirit will provide that strength for you. There's always an escape. Why would the loving God put you in a position you had no way out? Um, God's right there. And no matter how powerful the forces of evil are, they cannot stand up and match the power of Christ in you. They just can't. And he'll break those bonds. Challenge is wanting to escape. That's the challenge, you know. It's wanting to escape because half the time we don't. So starting in a few moments when we leave this place, sin's going to start to wrap its tentacles around your feet to trip you up. And you're going to want to say, okay, here, I'm going to fall on my face again. You can stand up and say, no, I don't have to do that. I don't have to cave in, and this time I don't. God will not let a temptation come my way that I don't have the power to stand up and overcome. And I don't know what it's going to be like in 10 minutes because I've never been able to survive this temptation for that 10 minutes. But I'm going to trust God that 10 minutes from now, I have hope that God's going to be with me and it'll be okay. And that leads to the next one, which is deep in my connection with God. I mean, that's kind of the, the whole point of the whole thing. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And, and, and this is why I'm not just talking about reading the Bible, you know, to get your chapter of day done or whatever. I'm talking about interacting with God in worship and in time with God. And whatever you feed is going to get stronger in your life. And the last one is confess your weakness to other people. The Bible says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that God can heal you. When a believer prays, great things happen. There's two parts to this. Obviously, the first is to confess and the second is to pray. And you want to say, well, can't I just have people pray for me so I don't have to tell them what's going on? And it doesn't work that way. You know, it doesn't work that way. Because um, you want to say, well, I don't want anybody to find out, then 
you have little hope for change. Because you're setting up your own rules for recovery. And again, talk to anybody in AA, and they'll tell you, whenever somebody starts to set up their own rules for recovery, they will never make it. Because we're starting to set up our own rules for recovery, and that never works. It's like telling your kid who's disobeyed you what the punishment should be, you know, how they're going to learn and grow. It doesn't work. You have little hope for change, and God has wired us in a way that we need each other. And this is not a perfect place. And if you're coming expecting to find people that have their acts together and they're, they could not imagine anybody having any sin, it's just, that's not the way to think. We're all screwed up. We're all screwed up a whole lot more than we can even imagine. Much deeper is our sin than we could ever have conceived. Um, a church like this is for people who say, I have a sin nature and I have a war going on that's constant but I believe that Jesus can make a difference in my life. And I'm going to drop the pride and admit I need help and go to others. Remember, remember this verse? Temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And if you've experienced it, then probably somebody in, the row, in your row has experienced it too. I've told you this story before, but, but, I, but I like it. It's a real one. Um, 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 a number of years ago, there was a men's um, ministry called Promise Keepers, and um, it, it, it gosh, a couple decades ago, and, and they'd meet in stadiums, and you get like twenty thousand guys in, on the floor of a stadium, and and um, it was not misogynistic by any means. I mean, they would tell you if anything, you, you know, your wife needs to be treated. Guys, you guys are treating her all wrong, and it was, you know, here you need to be an honorable man. You need to love your wife, love your kids, and love your God, and, and all these kinds of things, and. You need to take ownership now of the spiritual leadership in your life and, and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was really, really terrific. And, and, and it was in Stockton in September, okay? Stockton in September in an open um, field stadium. And, and we were there. We, we went there. And um, it was kind of winding up after two days. We've all been there in the sun and, you know, and all this kind of stuff and in Stockton, of all places. And, 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 and the speaker said... Um, he said, a lot of you guys need to confess your sins to others. You know, because they talked about the need for that. And he said, you need to come clean now. You need to really come clean. And, and now's the time to do it, you know. And they, and they said, so I'm going to ask the pastors in the stadium. Because a lot of pastors would go and they'd go with their guys in the church and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to ask the pastors to get up and, 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 and we were on the field. He would say, I want the pastors all to stand with their backs against the walls, you know, all around the st- stadium. So all the pastors get up and go right now, you know, and so we, we do that. And, and then they, what they'd say is, um, as God leads you guys, um, I want you to confess your sins to these pastors. You know, go, 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 you know, and they'll pray for you. And all that. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, this will take about two minutes, you know. I mean, what's, what's the response on this kind of thing? And so we're all, you know, around lining, lining the stadium. And they sang a song. And um, we said, okay, now everybody get up and confess your sin to the pastor. And the whole stadium got up. And I had a line of 20 guys, you know, waiting to talk. And, and I think I was in the line, the line that I had was bikers for Jesus or something like that. And we're talking about big guys, you know, big guys. And they've been sitting in the Stockton sun for two days, you know, and they have these big tank tops, you know, on and these big hairy beards and all this kind of stuff. And they're coming in. And the first thing they want to do is give you a what? 
give you a big hug, you're hugging me, and they're crying and they're weeping, you know, and I start crying and, and weeping and all kind of stuff, and 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 this guy tell me about his issue, you know, and he's crying and he say, Pastor, you know, I'm probably the worst sinner, and he would talk about the stuff that he had done in his life that he'd never been able to get off of his chest, never been able to to a human being say, this is what I've done. He said it to God, but somehow and sometimes you just need to say it to somebody, you know? And and, and and we will say, A says it too, you're only as sick as your secrets. And so they just get it out. Man, you know, stuff, okay, you know, hey, you know, we'd pray and I'd say, Jesus died for this, Jesus died for this, Jesus died for this. And, and, and then the next guy would come and he'd talk to me about his sin, you know, and he would say, Pastor, I'm probably the worst sinner, you know, ever. And I'd say, nah, the guy before you was way worse, man. <laughs> You're not even close here. But, but we would pray. We would pray, and, and, and they just, and, and this thing went on for about an hour, you know, these guys just talking, praying, and um, these guys went home healthy. They went home healthy um, and strong, grr. And you can, and I can, and and um, the worship team's going to come up right now, you guys. Would you, would you please? And 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 we're not going to talk any longer about the seven deadly sins. You know, we want to talk about the one great Savior. You know, who died for us for these things. Um, I don't want to analyze the sin anymore. Um, we have to understand that. Um, the little habits that we would call these things or the one little pet sin that we have. Um, when Jesus was in the garden praying, preparing for the cross, we have to understand that on the cross, and we'll talk about this as we lead up to Good Friday, the fury and the wrath of God against all sin was directed at him. Now, all sin sounds pretty good. You know, okay, I can, I can deal with that. The fury and wrath of God against what? Your sin was directed at Jesus. Your sin. The sin that you did. And I'm not trying to say, make you guys feel like, oh, God, you know, this is terrible. This is just the reality of it. And Jesus did not say, let them pay. He said, I'll do it. I'll take it. And so we sing, oh, what a Savior. What a great God he is. And so the elements we're going to take, the cup and the, and the bread. Remember, this is because of my sin. My sin. So as they play the song, come on up, grab the elements, and um, go back to your seat, hold on to them, and and in a second they're going to pause the song and then we're going to we're going to take together